Today is the beginning of the church's liturgical year, our season called Advent. It is the season that marks a sacred time, a time set apart as we both anticipate the Feast of the Nativity as well as the Second Coming, the Second Advent of Christ. It is an incredibly short season, which I am chagrined every year because this is my favorite color, but one that is rich in meaning and spiritual gifts if we are willing to slow down a bit and do something that doesn't seem to come very naturally to many of us, waiting. I think most of us at some time or another can remember when it has been hard to wait for something, or in my case, just about anything. And we are not alone. The culture all around us mirrors this tendency as well. Even Black Friday shopping somehow started in the middle of October. What's that about? On the whole, many of us seem to have a hard time with the idea of waiting. It seems we are in good company when we turn to the Gospel in Matthew this morning. Remember, the Gospel writer of Matthew is writing to his community of believers probably about 50 years after the events that he is actually writing about. It is good to remember that what was being written down was what must have been important to remember. And in this case, passages like these were probably written as encouragement to early believers and followers of Christ who must have been confused and maybe even discouraged by Jesus' fairly lengthened, delayed return. Remember, by the time this gospel was translated from oral tradition into the written text, it had been decades since Jesus had walked among them or their ancestors, and who wouldn't have been doubting just a little bit those many years later? It makes sense that the gospel writer is responding to the difficulty of what it must have meant to stay awake and focused and faithful when decades had now passed without the fulfillment of the promise of Jesus's imminent return. The rub is, of course, here we are 2,000 years later, and we too, it seems, have been waiting an awfully long time. So long, in fact, I think it would be fair to say that most people simply aren't waiting for Jesus's return anymore. So I wonder, I wonder what kind of relevancy and power Matthew's exhortations have for us today. If we can't wait for small things, like a store to open on Black Friday, what is the hope 2,000 years later that we would be able to stay awake and wait for the second coming of Christ? And what does that even mean? And what would that even look like in our lives today? And another thing while we're at it, what is it about waiting that seems so universally hard? As I've thought about that last question this week, I have wondered if the element of uncertainty comes into play. Is it that waiting in part was and is still so hard because we are uncertain of a particular outcome? Or worse yet, because we can't control the outcome? Just saying. 
There is a lot of uncertainty for the Gospel writer of Matthew. No one, Jesus says, no one at the beginning of this passage knows when the Lord will come, not even Jesus. And then he illustrates that point by giving several examples of pairs of people taken unawares, one taken and one left. And then again, at the end of the passage, just in case his listeners hadn't been paying attention, Jesus underscores once more that the Son of Man will come at an unexpected hour. Uncertainty, surprise, unexpected events. These are all very real possibilities in the midst of our waiting as well. So what about us? Is this at least in part why we too have a hard time waiting? You don't have to look very far today to see uncertainty, surprise, and unexpected events in our own lives. So what would it look like if we offered up some modern day examples in the way that Jesus did? Two teachers were teaching at a TPS school. One was diagnosed with cancer, the other was not. Two highly qualified people apply for the perfect job at ProMedica. One was hired and one was not. Two teenagers were navigating their way through their parents' divorce. One developed a drug addiction, the other did not. And two couples after recently celebrating a long lifetime marriage. One couple files for divorce, the other throws a party. So much of our lives can be filled with unexpected, surprising, life-altering events. At times, life can feel random, and choices or results discouraging or gratuitous if, in fact, we believed in a God that rewarded or punished us based on some arbitrary criteria. And yet, in the midst of all of this, it seems that Jesus' message during his lifetime 50 years later in the Gospel of Matthew, and now some additional 2,000 years later as well, is still about inviting us, actually commanding us to keep watch for the presence of God, even in the midst of all of our uncertainty. None of this is easy for me as a priest or as a person especially when the unexpected event is tragic, or when the outcome doesn't align to my expectations of who and how I want to see God in my life. But we are not alone in that frustration. It seems watching and waiting have been difficult since the time of Jesus's earliest followers. It is hard to stay awake and hopeful and expectant these days. But that is the call we hear from Jesus, just as he called the disciples. For us, I think that call includes an invitation to resist being distracted by much of the busyness of our lives every day. Being so absorbed sometimes in our day-to-day -day routines that we fail to notice the gift of waiting. It also feels like one more reason to add to my growing list of why we need each other why we need communities of faith. Waiting alone is always harder than having company in the waiting room of life with you.
It is a helpful reminder to me each time I go to the hospital for a visit, and I often wonder what I should do or what I should say. And then I remember, anything I say usually pales in comparison to the power of simply showing up and sitting next to someone. Waiting together is one of the most sacred, holy tasks of our lives. So for the next four Sundays, I want to invite us to wait together. I want to explore what waiting looks like in our lives today. I know the answer will be different for each of us, of course, but I think we have some common points of entry. First, waiting is not a code phrase for being passive and unintentional about how we spend our days this season. Second, waiting is a choice we get to make each day. It is an intentional choice whenever we slow down and lean into the uncertainty of any moment feeling whatever that moment brings. Finally, waiting is an opportunity to see God, however you define that gift of eternal love in your life, to recognize what spiritual leader Eckhart Tolle calls the power of now, or what Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh teaches about the mindfulness of every moment. There are universal truths in Jesus' invitation today, and I want us to experience the challenge and the blessing of this season of waiting. Faithful waiting can be difficult in part because no one likes or knows when tragedy might strike. No one knows when incredible blessing may occur. No one knows. And yet we are called to be alert and alive in each moment. But here is what we do know as a community of faith. Ultimately, through scripture, we know that there is a special gift worth waiting for this season. And in a way, waiting for that gift has very little to do with how the story of Christmas comes out. We know what happens at the end of the story. Rather, the gift yet is to discover that through faithful waiting is not to see what happens at the end of the story, but to see what happens to us along the way. So be alert, my friends. Now is the moment for us to wake up from whatever is keeping us asleep and unaware and unengaged. And may we be expectant as we wait, preparing inside of us a place for love to come and find us so that then we can become that gift of love for others. Happy Advent, may it be so.